the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to discuss an article from the December issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Potential Impacts of a Long Hard Drought on the Subsequent Calving Season. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by Dr. Carla Wilkie, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Systems Specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Well, Dr. Wilkie, as we look at the dry conditions we've had this last year, we're seeing many cows come into this fall in uh, poorer condition than maybe they sometimes would be. Uh, Body condition scores four, sometimes even maybe a little less than that. Hopefully some of these cows are going to pick up some condition. But the other thing we need to be aware of is that when we have drought stress forage, sometimes the mineral content in those can be less than what they typically would be. Also thinking about things like vitamin A, that's really tied to the greenness of forage and some of these cows, while they can store vitamin A, uh, we've been a long time since we've seen green forage. There are some things we need to be aware of here as we move into the winter and then look towards calving this next spring. Absolutely. We just really want producers to be thinking through where their cows are this particular winter, not just in winter in general, where they need to be come spring if you have uh, early spring calving and what resources you have to work with and how you might do things a little differently this year, given, as you mentioned, that these cows are probably not coming into the winter with vitamin and mineral storage in the liver that they normally would. And because the feed resources for winter feeding are so tight and expensive this year that producers may be trying to cut some corners on winter feeding. And we just want to make sure that they've thought through the whole system and know what the implications of everything are going to be come calving and rebreeding time. I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is I think in many cases, people are using feed this year that they typically wouldn't. Uh, Maybe incorporating something like some ground corn stalk bales or baled weeds or things like that. So whenever you change up your system, there's a potential that what you were doing before worked fine, but now we're looking at a different scenario and maybe things are going to need to be looked at differently. Absolutely. So cornstalk bales are great filler and and I certainly recommend them a lot for feeding in the winter because typically residue bales are cheaper than hay. And this year they're certainly not cheap, but they still may be cheaper than um, some hays. And unfortunately, a lot of our dry land hay just didn't have the tonnage, so it just may not be available. And so a lot of people are using more residues and things. But the thing to remember with that is that there's very little nutrients in that. And so what we typically do with that is we mix it, you know, with some silage or some distiller's grains and um, improve palatability. But then we also have to put together maybe a supplemental mineral package or something for that. And they may need to think through some of those things as well. Not only the the protein and energy that would need to be supplied to those corn stock bales, but also the, um, you know, the vitamins and minerals that might need to be added there as well. So as we look at where many of these spring calving cows are at in terms of their stage of production, uh, we're sitting here early December. So, you know, if you're a February calving cow, uh, we're actually heading into that third trimester when calf growth really ramps up. Now, this is starting to become an important time for making sure that cow's in an adequate status for minerals and vitamins. It is because, you know, she'll pull some of the the vitamin A and, and zinc and copper or whatever out of her liver stores for that calf for his development into the fetus, as well as 
colostrum that she'll need to start making before too long. They'll pull some out of that, but Dr. Mary Drunowski does a lot of vitamin and mineral work for us at the University of Nebraska. And she's finding that even when we do have good stores in the liver, they only pull a certain percentage out of that. And then the rest has to come from the diet. Well, if you look at this year where what they're pulling out of the liver may be deficient and then what's in the diet is deficient, that could result in cows not having a calf that's thrifty when he's born. You know, he could be really small because she didn't have a lot to put into him. Um, that's not only a vitamin mineral thing, but that can be an energy thing. You know, we know that when that cow is really short on protein in her diet, then the calf tends to be really small um, and can be weak. And if you get that calf born in some really ugly spring weather and he doesn't jump up and eat, you know, there's just, there's just a, a whole chain reaction of things that can go wrong all because we had a really long extended drought. Dr. Wilkley, anything else on this topic that you think would be valuable for producers to think through as we look at the current status of where we're at and and maybe some things just to kind of pay attention to, think through as we think about the next three, four months getting ready for calving. And then after that, as we think about making sure we're, we're providing adequate protein, energy, minerals, vitamins for these cows. Well, I, I think that um, it's always important in any year, but especially this year, to get a feed analysis done on what commodities and things they do have access to. So we can kind of figure out where we are on what they're actually eating now. And and then I think that they would be wise to to visit with our our beef team members in their area um, and and look at the mineral that they are feeding and see if you know maybe they need to ramp that up a little bit. And body condition score those cows more frequently than they normally do. Keep an eye on that because that cow, if she's thin, when she calves, she doesn't have time to, to put that back on due to now these high demands of lactation. Um, she may struggle to rebreed. And so a lot of these problems are maybe things we could head off if we're ahead of the game now. And so that was really the point in writing the article was to get people prepared for calving, even though that might be two months off and prepared for rebreeding, which it would be several months off, but knowing that we can have a domino effect from the drought on that is just something that I think is really important for producers to start thinking through. And uh, you could, if you're going to make changes in the diet, you know, especially like say your vitamin and minerals and your energy levels, protein levels, now is a good time to make plans to do that as opposed to when you have a weak calf on the ground that seems to struggle and get up and eat and the cow doesn't have good colostrum for him when he gets there anyway. I mean, those are things that are much more preventable now than they're going to be. And it's easier to deal with it now than dealing with it when it happens. So the old saying, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure <laughs> is uh, kind of what you're talking about here. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh yeah, maybe it may save a lot of headaches going forward if we make sure that we're not too far behind on these cows. And again, as you and I've talked about many times, and, and you just said you just got done doing lots of workshops on this, but um, 
we still have to look at the cost of maintaining these cows in the proper condition um, versus maybe having to sell those cows because feed resources are really high. A lot of them are non-existent. And sometimes we feel like, man, if we can just get to point B or we can just get through X or whatever. But if we get ourselves in a situation where then we don't have a thrifty calf or even a live calf or, or whatever, then, then maybe it wasn't worth trying to hang in there. So I still think it's extremely important to, to do the math on what we're spending on the cows. Dr. Wilkie, thanks again for joining me today. Thank you. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, you can find this article and more information on this topic.